Coming up on NBL Now, we've got a very, very special guest. I'll tell you who in just a few moments' time. And we have got a lot to talk about. The Perth Wildcats on the agenda. Are the New Zealand Breakers running out of time for their season? South East Melbourne and Brisbane to kickstart the new round. And Cairns getting a couple of big names back. That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is Thursday, November the 2nd. Wonderful to have your company. I'm Jack Heverin. I mentioned that we've got a very, very special guest, and that we do. None other than, of course, the six-time NBL champion, and he is undoubtedly the most popular man in Western Australia, Damien Martin. Damo, welcome to NBL Now. Oh, mate, I'm far from that, but, but I'll take it. I'll take it. So, no, I think uh, if you nick that doing that fire, Lockie Reed and many, many others, you're well ahead of me, but I do love it out here. You are our favourite WA person on this show, so that's that. That's pretty much all that matters. It's like winning an internal poll. That's all that matters. Hey, um, I want to go in a different direction just before we get to the Perth Wildcats for you. Everyone's having a say at this point in the season. It's scary to think that we're already a quarter of the way through the season. If I had to put you on the spot right now, I would ask you for your leading candidate in the MVP. Who would it be and why? Uh, look, I'm loving it. It's early days, obviously, in the season and even earlier for this player I'm about to mention because of the injuries that ruled him out. But Alan Williams, I think he has been brilliant. And, you know, he's missed a double-double, but I think that the consistency he showed across that first round of basketball he's played, if he can continue that type of form, we saw him nearly break the sternum of Rocco Zakarski in his return match. Uh, he's just an absolute beast. But I love the leadership he's giving his teammates. I think Southeast are going to be an absolute contender this season off the back of Alan Williams. But take nothing away from DJ Vasilovich. I throw him into that same pot of players where they didn't play the first couple of games, but what they've shown so far in NBL 2023-24 is right up there with the best of them. Milton Doyle has been great. Uh, Parker Jackson Carwright in a losing mm. kind of start to the season so far for New Zealand. He's been really good, but right now for me, he's Alan Williams. And I reckon, Damo, there'll be a lot of Phoenix fans listening to this this morning pretty excited because... More than one person this week has said that Mitch Creek is their leading MVP candidate. So it all goes pretty well for the Phoenix. Yeah, what they've put together with those two guys, going into second year playing alongside each other, they know each other's tendencies and strengths, and they're making each other look better. And then they've got guards who are shooting the lights out. It's just been a lot of fun to watch. Benny, yeah, you're giving the ball, it's going to the bottom <laughs> of the net. It's got any type of space. So they, they, I really like what Southeast have put together from a roster's perspective. But as we know, names on a piece of paper don't mean much if you don't play alongside each other and to each other's strengths, and they're doing exactly that right now. Probably not a bad segue then into the Perth Wildcats, now that I think about it. Um, how has the week been in the West? That was why we wanted to have a chat to you this morning. How have things been? I'd imagine it's been pretty intense. Yeah, it has. It actually makes me think of the season where I was still playing. I can't remember what year it was. It was the year Bryce Cotton actually joined us. And at one stage, I want to say we was sitting bottom of the ladder around mid-December, late December. And it was the first time in my career that I kind of experienced the, you know, the negativity from media who'd been always so supportive. You know, we're doing it tough in, in front of the Red Army. But it was the first time on the weekend where I've been reminded of that period of the career I played in. But it was probably at a, at a higher level. Um, the frustration felt by the Red Army was shown during the game. It was heard during the game. And then, obviously, the outcry of people saying, what's going on? Do we need to make changes? Can we turn the corner? Uh, I've probably never heard, read, or seen as much of it um, than what I have in these past three or four days. 
generally in this situation, quite often it's the coach who's the first port of call when it comes to blame. And there's no doubt that John really in, in the first part of this season has come under some pretty heavy scrutiny. Is the criticism on him and even suggestions that he should go, is that fair? Oh, look, one thing I've learned was when I was playing was if you win games, they credit plays, lose, they blame the coach. <laughs> and one of the things Trevor Gleeson told me was once you start, when you're a coach, if you start listening to the people in the stands, that's when you sit there next to them. Uh, and he's spot on. You've got to back near your game plans at both ends of the court. You've got to have confidence in your coaching ability. Otherwise, once you start second-guessing yourself, that's when there can be real cause for concern. In saying all of that, though, the Red Army are a massive part of the success the Wildcats are going to have going forward. They've been their sixth man for a long period of time. So you want them buying into the, the style of play. You want them to know that every player is going to dive on a loose ball, is going to give, be given opportunity to shine, to play to their strengths, to exploit the weaknesses, to get in the defensive stance, to run the lanes hard, to rebound hard. So it's a combination of not saying no. It's not just one person's fault. But where do we start? How can we improve? And do we have the roster good enough to win? And I look at the players they've recruited, and I was excited coming into this season to see what the Wildcats could do. So I ticked that box. On paper, they've got enough to do something special this season. But then what have they got to do collectively to make sure they all shine? And that's not just the coach. That's everyone from you know front office, coaching staff, support staff, and players. Rob Beveridge, now going back to 2009, Rob Beveridge used to say, that the success of a club is when everyone's on the same page. So it should be player-driven, coach-supported, club-facilitated. If you can do all those three things and you've got the right players, then you can go on to win it all. And I think that they've got to make sure they've got all three on the same page. So I'm going to be sitting next to you in commentary at RAC Arena on Saturday night, which I'm very excited for. It seems like a hell of a time to go to the jungle for the first time for me. But in the first quarter of the game on Saturday night against Adelaide, we'll just... What are a couple of basics that you're looking for from this team? Structure. I want to see an offensive game plan that doesn't rely on giving Bryce Cotton, simply giving the ball up the top and running a pick and roll. Don't get me wrong, that's been a strength of his for so long, but I want to see them run, you know, I'm not saying they have to go back to the flex series that Trevor Gleeson have had, but run some screens away from the ball for Bryce. You know, have some other options so that if the first option is taken away, Players don't have to stop and think. When you stop and think, it slows you down. Gives the defense time to set up again. So if option A is taken away, what's your counter? If that counter is taken away, can he go straight to a second counter? And if they can do that with the offensive weapons they've got, like a Corey Webster, a Bryce Cotton, a Jordan Usher, Keanu Pinder, then they should be able to put 92 to 96 points on the board. And then I don't like saying this, but I've got a feeling they're the type of team that gets their energy from seeing the ball go through the net. And then that might help them buy into playing some defense and getting some stops at the other end. So I think it actually starts with having a game plan at the offensive end that can help their superstars get involved in the game from some easy ones. Not just saying, hey, here's the ball, go do something special. Uh, Let's see if we can score enough that way. It'll be fascinating to see what happens Saturday night. RAC Arena, Perth taking on Adelaide. Some other games across the round of interest, Damo. Cairns Taipans feel like they're a bit hard to get a read on because they've only played five games. They are three and two and knocked off Sydney on the weekend just gone with Tajir McCall and Taron Armstrong expected to come back into this lineup this weekend. Yeah, Paul Quall was just absolutely brilliant on the weekend. And this is typical of Adam Ford. You know, the cliche of the name or the 
front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. And it doesn't matter which players are in or out. He will make sure that they go in and they understand this is what we need to do to get a win. And if we can tick these boxes at the end of the game, as coach, I'll wear it if we still lose. But they had a hell of a game plan. They went in there. That's individuals in particular step up. But they stepped up within what would have been the game plan from Adam Ford. So you add those two players to to the mix. I'm a big fan of Darren Armstrong. Tajir, he's exciting. You know, he might get a steal at yep. one hand. Who knows what's going to happen at the end? It could be an incredible two-pointer. It could be a dunk. It could be a three-pointer. Or it could be a, a, you know, a turnover. Who knows? But he plays so hard. And his, his effort is contagious. So regardless of what happens on the floor, if Tajir is there, his teammates want to do something special because he forces them to push themselves out of their comfort zone and give 100%. And I love that about him. So he's going to make his team better. Taron will make his team better. Look out, anyone playing the Cairns Tide Bands over the next couple of weeks, I think they're going to go on a winning streak. Well, well, speaking of those playing the Cairns Tide Bands, their first opponent is New Zealand in the early game on Friday, 5.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Are you worried about the breakers right now, Damo? Yes and no. It, it takes a little bit to get rolling. You know, the strength of any team is chemistry, truly understanding what the strengths and weaknesses are of my teammate, being able to hold them accountable, not being able to feel uncomfortable by saying this simply isn't good enough. You know, I look at some of their players. Will McDowell-White, he is a superstar of this league. I spoke about Parker before. He's great. I think they're going to click um, at some stage. I just don't know when that is. But don't be too hard on the breakers. They've got enough good around them to know that they're better than where they're showing on the ladder. I just don't know how long it's going to take them. I speak confidently about Cairns Taipans because I've had a few of their players together longer. Whereas New Zealand might just take that little bit of extra time for their superstars to shine with each other. Last one is Melbourne United. They're eight and one right now. They are three games clear of anyone on top of the table. In your mind, are they clearly the best team in the competition so far? So far, yeah. I've spoken highly of Southeast, but I also want to mention the Sydney Kings. I think Sydney and Melbourne are still the teams to beat this NBL season. But Melbourne, there's no surprise. It's Dean Vickerman is as good a coach as we've ever seen in this league. And then you've got an on-floor general in Matthew Delavadova, who even though he hasn't been able to play every game, he's just such a high basketball IQ player that you put him alongside Shea Yilly, and You've got high IQ players led by an amazing coach, but the energy, the effort, the desire to win each and every possession, it's just amazing by all three of those. One coach, two players. So that's why Luke Travers, I think he's playing his best season today. Chris Golding, you know, when I mention MVPs, I'm going to put him up there as well. <laughs> like I just think right now Melbourne United are the complete package and it's going to take special performances from other teams to be able to knock them off because they're not reliant on one player. They're not reliant on one big play. They just play a great team style of basketball at both ends. Defensively, you know, I just think they're brilliant with what I've seen so far. But then they've also got enough at the other end to make sure they're putting enough points on the board. So I don't know who's going to you know, be better than this year. I've mentioned Sydney. There's teams capable of beating them in a best-of-three series, then a best-of-five series. You know, I, I certainly see them going all the way to the GF uh, as a bare minimum with what I've seen so far if they stay healthy. Damo, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you on Saturday night in Perth. Not a problem. And Nathan Sobey, he's been great. Oh, yeah. I love this. There's so many stars.
I, I thought you might have forgot that, Nathan. So I knew you'd get him in at the back end. Damo, once again, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. We will catch you on Friday. Liam and Joel will be back.